Good morning, and welcome to A Penny for Your Thoughts with Brian Barnhart on News Talk 1400 WDWS. For over 60 years, East Central Illinois' daily gathering spot for conversation, dialogue, and ideas. You can join on the phone, online, or via text. Our phone number is 217-356-9397. Email talk at wdws.com. Or text us on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line, 217-351-5357. Now, here's Brian Barnhart. And good morning, everybody, and welcome to A Penny for Your Thoughts. We have reached Wednesday, January the 10th. Glad you're with us here on News Talk 1400 DWS. It is foggy out there, dense fog advisory in effect until noon today. A little warmer than it's been, 38 degrees. I think we're going to be in the 50s here during the course of the week, and then it's going to, uh, well, I guess the bottom's going to drop out uh, as we work our way into the weekend with some freezing rain and sleet, Greg saying by the weekend, as you just heard in the forecast. I'm Brian Barnhart, busy show today. Tom Bruno is going to join us here. When I filled in for Jim over the years, I would have uh, Councilman Bruno in. He, of course, is an attorney as well, well-known in town, and uh, has been on the council for many, many years. And we'll uh, discuss a lot of various issues with him. The thing I like about Tom is he knows a lot about a lot of things <laughs> and not afraid to express his opinion. So I like that. Mile wide and an inch deep. <laughs> but it's good to have him here today. Second hour is an open line. Uh, we do want to talk a little bit about that big uh, immigration meeting yesterday. You may have uh, seen that on uh, television or heard some of the auto. We've talked about that a little bit. Today, by the way, is Lou Henson's birthday. So happy to coach, uh, happy birthday to Coach Lou Henson. We'll talk about the nursing home a little bit as well this morning and uh, other issues that appeared in the News Gazette today along the way and uh, national and local news on an open line in our number two. But Tom Bruno will join us. We'll take our opening time out. Again, the phone number is 356-9397. You can text us, Castle Heating and Cooling, text line 3515357. You can email us, talk at wdws.com. We'll come back with Tom Bruno and your comments and questions after this time out on Penny for Your Thoughts. Welcome back. Penny, for your thoughts on this Wednesday, you can join us on the phones, 356-9397. You can text us, Castle Heating and Cooling, text line 3515357. You can email us, talk at wdws.com. Tom Bruno with us here in this first hour, an open line in hour number two. The folks that are presenting Into the Woods from the Sounds of Music studio tomorrow at 10 a.m. after an open line tomorrow morning. And then on Friday, Michael Leroy is going to join us from the University of Illinois. He's a labor and uh, immigration expert. We'll talk about what's going on in Washington with all of that. And then an hour of open line to close out the week on Friday. We'll do Monday morning quarterbacks, by the way, next Monday from Lincoln, Nebraska. Lauren will be in studio, and I'll be out with the basketball team getting ready for the ball game there. The Illini women play tonight. You can hear that on DWS uh, at 7 against Nebraska. The Illini men tomorrow night at 7 against Iowa. Lots of local news to talk about. Tom Bruno is here to do that with us, and we welcome uh, Tom Bruno to our new studios. Well, thanks for having me. It's really nice. Uh, beautiful studios you have here now. It's kind of a, a downtown metro feel. It is. Right? It's, uh, <laughs> if I'd known I was going to be here, I would have combed my hair. <laughs> no, you look great. You're all dressed up for radio, so that's good. You have a good uh, start to the new year? I had a great start to the new year. I spent New Year's Eve in Cairo, Egypt. Did you really? Uh, with some family members attending the wedding of an Urbana boy. 
who I've known since his birth. Uh, and he married a, uh, an Egyptian, uh, an American of Egyptian descent. Our family went to Cairo for the wedding, and uh, it was a wonderful trip. How is Cairo, Egypt? Oh, it was fascinating. Yeah. It's really an interesting city, uh, um, the Paris of the Nile, as they say. Really? So we had a great trip. We got to enjoy it with friends from Urbana while we were there and, um, and saw a very interesting city. It's a lot of history in Egypt. I mean, you're there, talking about one of the... <laughs> I mean, original countries in the world. You bet. Seeing things that are 5,000 years old, you know, on a regular basis. And mm. the pyramids. And uh, it was a wonderful trip. Mm-hmm. I know you're a traveler. Uh, you've been to just about every continent, haven't you? I have. I haven't yeah. been to Antarctica. But. <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> that may be next for you. Yes. Yeah. Well, lots of uh, local news to talk about. Uh, we'll get to some of the Champaign City Council uh, news uh, as we work our way through the show here this first hour. Again, if you have any Comments or questions for uh, Tom Bruno, always a great guest for us, as we've had him on before here on Penny for Your Thoughts. Feel free to give us a call, an email, or a text. All right, some of the big uh, local stories, and I realize this is not in your governance particularly, but the Champaign County Nursing Home is on the market. What do you make of all that? Sure. Well, I, uh, you know, as a resident of the county, I, I think that's not a bad idea. It's, um, it's. Uh, been a difficult challenge, and it has consumed much of the county's uh, energy and finances, frankly, uh, for a long time. So uh, while it's a difficult decision and everybody wants to provide high-quality care for the elderly and people who need nursing care, um, it hasn't worked out to have this as a unit of government very well. And offering it up for sale with the conditions that I see they're attaching to any sale Seems like the prudent thing to do. They were having, I mean, they've had some serious financial issues, haven't they? In the last they several have. months? They have. It's, it, um, you know, the moral challenge is uh, delivering high quality care to the elderly is expensive. And uh, to do it in a profitable way uh, causes the private sector to sometimes cut back on quality. And to strike the right balance and, and also to make the philosophical decision is, is this something our county government should be doing, uh, are difficult challenges. I think mm-hmm. well-meaning people on both sides of that issue have struggled with that for decades. County board last night voting 13 to 8 to release an RFP for buyers. Democrats Patsy Petrie, Pius Weibel, and uh, Shauna Joe Cruz joining Republicans in voting yes. Geraldo Rosales, a Democrat, was absent. The RFP says the minimum sale price is $11 million. The new owner would have to keep the facility as a nursing home through 2027, give priority admission to Champaign County residents for 10 years, keep at least 80% of employees six months after the sale. The RFP closes at the end of next month. The sale could be final by May. So those are some of the details you talked about that sound prudent. You know, adding into this mix is this was submitted to the voters, and the voters fairly clearly expressed their will. So it's... um, it's a challenge as a public policy maker to ask the voters, what do you want? And then say, well, you know, guess what? We're going to do something different. Mm-hmm. So uh, following the will of the voters is what those of us in representative government are expected to do. So what's your sense of why the, um, I guess, reluctance on some of the county board members to put it up for sale? I mean, is it, is it nostalgia? Is it, I mean, what is it? Well, you you know, start from the proposition you have 22 county board members from 11 districts. 
So what is the action of a, of a county board member if the folks in their district feel very strongly one way, but the folks in the broader county, uh, a majority of them felt the opposite way? So do you vote uh, with your district or do you respect the broader view of the entire uh, county population? Um, I think that explains it. It's the same sort of problem we have with the United States Congress. We have 435 congressmen and women, and they all represent pretty lopsided districts. Mm -hmm. So what do you do when you get sent off to Washington and uh, your district feels very strongly one way and the, you know, the other districts might feel strongly the other way. So that makes for difficult governance. We're here with Tom Bruno, 356-9397. And you can text us, Castle Heating and Cooling, text line 351-5357, an open line in hour number two. We're at 38 degrees here in downtown Champaign. Uh, as expected, the other big local story this morning from our newsroom, a federal prosecutor is asking that a judge deny a motion by defense attorneys to ban expert testimony from the trial of Brent Christensen, who's of course, charged in the kidnapping and death, U.S. scholar Yingying Zhang. In a filing yesterday, prosecutors say they've responded to every request from defense attorneys in a cooperative manner. So there's been some back and forth uh, from your legal expertise. Sure. I know you were involved early in this case and are now out of it, but uh, just give me the overview from a legal standpoint. What's going on here, I guess? Well, the court has a desire to move on a predictable schedule and to move uh, without undue delay to get this case uh, moving towards a trial date. So the judge has for a long time been shooting for February 27th, 2018 as a trial date, and he's imposed certain deadlines. I have no firsthand knowledge of what materials the U.S. government turned over to the defense attorneys, but I know that uh, they had some deadlines in December, and then the defense attorneys filed a motion saying, you didn't meet those deadlines for turning over some of this information that you were ordered to do so. And because you didn't meet it, the remedy we want is that you are barred from introducing that evidence. Now, without any firsthand knowledge, I don't know what they turned over or how close it matched what they were ordered to turn over. But the prosecutors have now shot back and said, we did substantially meet what the judge wanted us to turn over. And even if we didn't, the remedy ought not be that we're barred from using it. The remedy might be that we ought to reschedule this trial. Mm. And that's a, an issue trial judges deal with all the time. Um, how do you punish a side in a case who maybe isn't meeting a deadline? Do you say you're prohibited from introducing this evidence or do you grant a continuance or a delay in the case? Uh, that may be the issues that are going on here, but once again, I have no firsthand knowledge mm -hmm. of how close to the mark or how far from the mark the government may have landed in turning over evidence. We we mm -hmm. have a system where we don't expect our trials to be surprises. Uh, you were supposed to share information, the disclose from the prosecutor to the defense attorneys. There, here's what our evidence is. Here's what we're, here's the witnesses we're going to call. Here's what we're going to show in court because we don't want trial by surprise. But the defense has a legitimate argument when they say, well, yet you were ordered to turn over things fitting into this category and you haven't done it yet. Now we want a remedy. What should the remedy be? Mm -hmm. And so what happens next then? Will the judge decide if? The judge will decide whether um, 
the state, the government's arguments are correct or the defense arguments are, are correct or what the remedy should be. Mm-hmm. Should it be, is it unrealistic to try this case on February 27th? Mm-hmm. I think everybody has acknowledged that should the federal government make the clear decision that they're seeking the death penalty, then it would not be realistic to expect this case to go to trial February 27th. Hmm. Um, But if they decide that they're not seeking the death penalty, uh, then I think the judge would like to try to see if we can keep this on the February 27th track. Mm -hmm. And both sides have arguments about uh, whether they've complied with the orders or whether they haven't complied, and if not, what should the remedy be? So the death penalty issue will likely... In your expert it could opinion, trump all of this could trump all of that because uh, it it's so uh, it's such a level of uh, order of magnitude greater complexity in the case mm-hmm. that um, announcing that on January tenth and then saying and we're still going to try this case six weeks from now uh, I don't I think any reasonable lawyer would think that that would be the judge's decision. We're here with Tom Bruno this morning on Penny for Your Thoughts. Glad you're with us here. We're at 921, an open line in hour number two. We've got JR with us this morning. Hi, JR. How are you guys doing this morning? Good. How are you? Good morning. I'm fine. Um, what about a change of venue for this guy? Will that come up about getting a fair trial or what? Sure. Defendants can always move for a change of venue. What happens when that when you make a motion like that is you still have the same judge and you still have the same prosecutors. You just move to a different location where a jury may not have as much knowledge of the case. So in order to his mother, it's too bad his mother can't come down and convince him to, you know, uh, show him where the body is or whatever is left. It's too bad. I feel sorry for the parents. Well, you're assuming some things that I'm not sure are clear. Um, but uh, so I don't want to go there with the assumptions that are built into that uh, kind of a comment. But on the change of venue issue, the way courts approach that is you basically have to sample some of the community and say and take some people and say, do you, have you ever heard of this case? And if if you have heard of it, what do you know about it? And could you be fair? Could you sit fairly? We might all be surprised because your audience here on Penny for Your Thoughts are folks who listen to the news and listen to the radio. But you could ask 100 people in our community about the Brent Christensen case, and a surprising number of them may say, Brent who? What what are you talking about? And so uh, in order to be successful on a change of venue motion on any case, you have to first have a showing that there's no way you could find an unbiased audience of jurors in this community. And remember, the community of jurors who sit at the federal courthouse in Urbana come from as far away as Effingham and as far away as Dwight, Illinois, and Kankakee. They're a, it's a big district. So are the people in, can you find a juror from Dwight who hasn't read newspaper articles about this? Yeah, you probably could. Hmm. Uh, can you find a juror from Effingham who doesn't watch the local news? You probably could. Hmm. So that makes a so in a federal change of venue, you're dealing with a broader area just and by e- nature of that. Even in the highest profile cases in Champaign County, you'd be surprised at how many folks are 
low information. And they say, I could be fair on a jury. I have never heard about this case. Mm -hmm. Even though those of us who uh, are addicted to news, local and national, Mm -hmm. we can't believe that there's somebody (laughs) out there who's missed this story. But remember, they tried Governor Rod Blagojevich in Chicago. They tried George Ryan. Um, You try people in, in America all the time by finding a fair and impartial jury who who can sit in judgment. All right, let's go back to the phones. We have Dave with us this morning. Hi, Dave. You're on with Tom Bruno. Go ahead. Hey, good morning, guys. Uh, Brian, congrats on your uh, on your helming the uh, USS Penny. Oh, thank you. Uh, yeah, uh, happy New Year, guys. Um, Tom, I, question real quick, and, and I don't know if you addressed this. I, I missed a little bit of your your opening uh, comments about about this uh, the Brent Christensen stuff. Um, I believe he, he's he's charged with with is there two charges kidnapping and, and murder? He's not uh, charged with murder. He's charged okay. with kidnapping resulting in the death of an individual. Okay, I, I guess it, it's um, more of um, the the sentence that I think was was suggested or, or uh, was um, was there a death penalty put on this if if he was found guilty of of kidnapping with that led to his death? That's an open question. So when the federal government wants to seek the death penalty, there is a complicated process. The local prosecutors can't just make that decision. They have to get approval from the Justice Department. And in fact, from Attorney General Sessions has to uh, be involved in that decision. There's a panel in Washington, D.C. that has to review the evidence to determine whether or not that's a good use of uh, prosecutorial and defense resources to seek the death penalty. So because would they, we haven't even well, answered yes. that question yet, whether or not the government okay. is seeking the death penalty. Okay, because I, I heard that floated around, I guess, in the paper on the radio and, and was unclear on how, how they could seek that without, you know, obviously having um, evidence that, that she is, in fact, uh, deceased. I mean, it, it's been... Well, here, here's it, how it, the it, evidence... But, the crime of kidnapping resulting in the death, uh, re, uh, the crime of kidnapping resulting in a death is a case that can be punished by the death penalty. The right. decision has not yet been made whether they're going to seek it in this particular case. Uh, but if, he, if they don't seek it and they do convict him of kidnapping resulting in the death, then it's a natural life sentence. Okay, so obviously... Evidence would have to be brought up during the trial that shows that she is, uh, she has, uh, in fact, uh, died. Um, we don't know that yet, obviously. Um, that would be an element of the case that they would have to prove beyond a reasonable doubt to a jury okay. that this kidnapping so, resulted like, in the death. It sounds like they, they obviously have something in order to even pursue that charge because uh, but we don't know of that. Is that is that a correct assumption that that they have they have enough evidence to even seek that? But I I don't want to I, I really don't want to comment on that. But in theory, yes, if you got to if you want to prove a case, you better have evidence to to lay out to a jury. And right. And um, and so you, in order to get a conviction, you'd have to be able to convince a jury that those basic premises are true. My last just thought on this is, you know, just being a citizen here in the community and, and having a family, uh, you know, everybody in, in our community is, is heartbroken about 
what happened to her and, and what possibly happened to her, and, and nobody knows. And obviously, we have to wait for the trial for to find out. And it's just, uh, it, it's a process. It's a long process, and obviously, we don't find out everything as soon as it's as soon as it's brought forward to folks. But you know, as a citizen, uh, I I think I'm voicing a concern of everybody. We we want to know what happened. We we want to know we. We've invested a lot of time um, uh, emotionally and stuff here in town, and, and we need it, – it's almost like closure for us. You know, it's closure for the family. Um, I hope they have some closure personally that we don't know publicly, but, you know, the public needs some closure mm-hmm. on this too. So I'm hoping right. this, is, this comes around. Thanks. Th- thanks, Dave. Yep, good points. We need a break. We'll come back with more in just a moment on Penny for Your Thoughts. A Penny for Your Thoughts with Brian Barnhart continues on News Talk 1400 WDWS. You can reach out to us on the phone at 217-356-9397. Email talk at WDWS.com. Or text on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line 217-351-5357. Welcome back. Penny, for your thoughts, we're at 937, now up to 41 degrees. Still have had some fog, hopefully burning that off as we go. We've got uh, we got an email. We've got a phone caller waiting. Tom Bruno is with us. Talked a lot about the nursing home and the Brent Christensen uh, case in the first half hour. And next up is Ray. Good morning, Ray. How are you? Good. How are you doing? Good. I uh, My question was, and I don't know if uh, Mr. Bruno can answer this or not, because the, with the Christensen thing, uh, is there any evidence as far as touch DNA from his car or anything? I can't answer that, but uh, the news reports have indicated that um, experts on the subject of DNA are one of the things that the prosecution and the defense attorneys are now fighting about reports. Okay, thank yeah. you. All right, thanks for the call. We appreciate it. I uh, got an email here. It says... Uh, from Mike in Olney, it says it's good to see the Champaign County Board finally make a decision to give relief to the local taxpayers. However, the onerous provisions of the RFP will limit the number of interested parties. Uh, Mike says the Illinois Medicaid reimbursement rate is too low to cover the union, labor, AFSCME payroll, and benefit contracts. The only Illinois nursing homes where collectively bargaining agreements are in place are county homes. The county boards look at taxpayers as bottomless pits of money, even when the taxpayer votes against the board's program and mike says good luck in finding a new owner so <laughs> there may be some truth to that <laughs> well and the the price on what they say it was 11 minimum of 11 minimum million. of 11 million for the for the sale of an so the home. real question is is there an investor or an operator out there who wants to pay a minimum of 11 million dollars and operate a nursing home with those following restrictions mm-hmm. and i guess they'll find out whether there's any receptive uh, proposals. 356-9397 is how you can join us on the phones. You can email us, talk at wdws.com. Text us, Castle Heating and Cooling, text line 3515357. Tom Bruno with us this half hour, been with us uh, the whole hour today, and then an open line in hour number two. Uh, just in, a caller mentioned a U.S. judge in San Francisco, or Michael did, I think, temporarily barred President Trump's administration yesterday from ending a program shielding young people brought to the U.S. illegally by their parents from deportation. Of course, it all has to do with uh, DACA. And, of course, they met in Washington yesterday to discuss all this and border security. So the judge in uh, San Francisco, I guess, temporarily halting that. 
at least the stopping of the the action by the president is that where that stands yeah i think so that you know the daca individuals i think about 800,000 of them mm-hmm. are people who were largely brought here by folks who entered the country improperly but they brought these people in as children many of whom have now served in the US military or they're on a an american uh, municipality's police force they have made lives for themselves in the united states so it's a thorny question as to what do we do as a country with these individuals who came here many of them came here as small children seems like with a lot of the actions uh, the administration has done there is a lot of court filings and i guess eventually it works its way up to a court a lot of it's been from the west coast to basically stop what's happening until there's a legal fight the other way basically yep so that's how it works that's how it works (laughs) (laughs) what do you think's going to happen i know they had the big meeting yesterday uh sounds like the president and they they usually don't just open the door and let the media watch for 50 minutes yeah i thought it was pretty interesting back and forth correct i you know it's a little bit of theater, I suppose. Uh, generally, when they have those kinds of things, there'll be a pool spray at the beginning where the cameras and the reporters come in for the first 60 seconds or 90 seconds, and everybody takes pictures, and the camera flash bulbs all go off, and then the doors are closed, and, and a meeting takes place. This was a little unusual. Those people are always on stage, um, so whether that was a meaningful way to accomplish business or everyone was just playing to the their own bases who knows Mm -hmm. part of that is uh, and they worried about this when they first televised the house of representatives and senate would the people realize they were on camera because when you're on camera you tend to perform a little differently you know just by nature than you would when the cameras are off correct and i think in some environments you can actually forget that the camera's there and just um be yourself i I uh but Obviously, when there's a member of the House of Representatives speaking to an empty room uh, at 11:30 at night, uh, they're doing it for the ESPN coverage. Yeah. But mm-hmm. now you got you have study sessions with a council. Those are we do different than your public. And, and you know, for a large part, we we all grow accustomed to the fact that a camera's rolling, and and we aren't uh, not you're not unaware of it, but you just you don't let that influence your discussions, at least at the city council level. Mm-hmm. All right, back to the phones here, and Bill joins us this morning on Penny for Your Thoughts with Tom Bruno. Go ahead. Hey, good morning. Tom, I'd like to ask you, as a public servant and an attorney, how is it possible in the year 2018 that somebody can come in and take control of your house and, and get loans in your name and put your house up as collateral, and then, unbeknownst to you, they default on those loans and come in and they can uh, foreclose on your house and take it away from you. How is that even possible? And why do our public officials allow something as devastating as that to happen to people? Sure. I, I don't know exactly what you would be referring to unless you are referring to some act of of fraud where somebody... Uh, pretends to be you and executes a mortgage, um, there are a lot of safeguards in place uh, so that those kinds of things don't happen. But people have been committing fraud and forgery since biblical times. Uh, 
uh, there's actually you know, this is a, a high tech uh, way of doing it, and it's unbeknownst. And now it's up to the person that has true ownership of the house to prove that they hmm. didn't do the criminal act. So is this happening to you or someone you know, or is this oh, a no, no, no? no this, this just spurred for me from listening to the radio yeah. of of, uh, of LifeLock saying uh, people are taking people's houses in this way. Gotcha. You need to sign up for this LifeLock. Let LifeLock. me let me say this about that. I don't think it happens as often as companies like LifeLock LifeLock would want potential customers to think it happens. Um, of course, they they only sell their services to folks who are fearful of something like that happening. Um, I suppose it could happen. I don't know if LifeLock can prevent it from happening to you, but uh, but um, you know that's the nature of advertising is uh, you're placed in fear of something bad happening by a company that wants to sell you the secret sauce to make sure it doesn't happen to you. <laughs> Buy more gold. You know, well, that doesn't. Yeah, that doesn't. <laughs> so you're saying this is uh, a fake news? <laughs> not it, it not fake happen. news, but um, you know, there's a lot of things that uh, that you'll re- you, you see advertising for, where it's trying to protect you from something, and and in order to help sell that product to you, they have to um, make you fearful of that bad consequence happening. But wait, they've got a way to fix it for you. If you just send us $99, we'll, we'll protect you from this harm. Uh, those, you have to be a careful consumer and decide whether or not that really is a, a something likely to happen to you. All right. Well, that's, that's, I appreciate your time. Thank All right, you. sure. Thanks, Bill. And for people that don't know, LifeLock is? I think it's a company that um, attempts to use computer systems to monitor um, your credit cards or the or your property records, and to warn you if somebody has is trying to act as if they are you. Okay, identity kind of theft. Sort Correct, of thing. and yeah. I think okay. uh, a reasonable approach for most Americans is to pay attention to your open your credit card bill, read it, see if you recognize their charges or if any of them are suspicious. Go online on a regular basis and look to see if you're bill looks like you would expect it to to look. Um, There are um, criminals out there who try to steal money electronically, and 100 years ago they tried to steal money in in the old-fashioned way. Stagecoach robbery. But, you know, since the beginning of time, people have, uh, there have been thieves. We're going to take a break. We're with Tom Bruno. We're at 946. If you have some comments or questions for uh, Tom, of course, a well-known attorney, here locally and, of course, on the Champaign City Council. And we'll take more of your comments after this on Penny. Illinois women play tonight. Dave Lone, Mike Kuhn on the call on that. Illinois and Nebraska women, men tomorrow at 7. We're here with Tom Bruno for the remaining 10 minutes of this hour. And we've got an open line in hour number two. Lots to uh, get to in that uh, portion of the show as well. Three five six nine three nine seven is how you can call us. Text us, Castle Heating and Cooling. Text line three five one five three five seven. Email us talk at wdws.com. One story that I think was at the very end of the calendar year that was the whole thing with the uh, Unit Four buildings, Correct. and PACA and all of sure. that. Uh, talk that's about a, that, a little bit how that turned out and what happens now. I that's guess. an interesting thing. We have a ordinance in place where. Um, 
uh, uh, persons in the community can nominate buildings to be historic, uh, uh, historic designation, in which case the property owner is unable to do anything with that building. So uh, there were nominations made of three properties on University on Church Street, actually, mm -hmm. uh, near Central High School, and they um, the nominations were made against the will of the property owner because Unit Four had purchased those properties. So we have a higher threshold in order to impose that designation on a building when the property owner doesn't want that designation requires six affirmative votes of the city council. Hmm. And uh, it uh, it came before us. We had a long meeting in early December uh, where well-meaning people in the community argued for historic preservation and others argued that it that wasn't a fair thing or unjustified with those properties. And every member of the city council had taken a tour through the affected buildings uh, to familiarize themselves with them. And having seen the inside and out, uh, I and all of my colleagues mm -hmm. decided that they were not worthy of historic preservation. Mm -hmm. So we made the decision um, not to confer historic status on those buildings, thereby freeing up the property owner to do whatever they wish with them. And it's our understanding, it's the community's understanding that the UNIFOR intends to demolish the buildings to further the plans for Central High School. Mm -hmm. Now, there's nothing stopping the Unit 4 from cutting a deal with some member of the public right now who steps forward and says, hey, I'll buy that from you, or I'll, here's how you should change your plans. I don't think that Unit 4 is going to do that. I'm not a, I wasn't elected to be on the school board, and I'm not mm -hmm. a decision maker on the school board, but we came to the conclusion that we weren't going to impose that restriction on the property owner. Mm -hmm. What? How old were those buildings? Were they all roughly well, the same age? Or oh, I think about uh, a little over 100 years. Mm -hmm. And they had been grand buildings in their time, mm -hmm. but they had fallen into disrepair. They had been modified into, um, chopped up into little apartments 30 years ago. So they no longer had uh, some of the character that they might have once had. And there was also no apparent um, buyers in the community willing to step up and buy them from the school district. Mm. And the school district owns them. So we have a long history in the city of Champaign of having some respect for property owners' rights. Mm -hmm. And um, and you own a building, uh, there's a great deference given to you. You're entitled to do with it what you want to do with it. So that there was some of that going on as yeah. well. Now, one of the buildings wasn't it a, a big, bigger mansion or a bigger house? So they referred to it as the Burnham Mansion, yeah, the Burnham but it mansion. was, yeah. you know, if anybody in the community had noticed it in the last forty years, it was basically a vinyl-sided rooming house hmm. that had been made out of a grand old home. It had a nice staircase in it, but all the doors, all the interior doors, had been replaced with doors from Menards, and it was, it was no longer had the character that it once mm. did. And the school district uh, put it to the vote, uh, should we keep Central Central? That won overwhelmingly. The community spoke that that's where they want the high school. And then there were arguments, legitimate arguments about, well, couldn't you save this house and work around it in some way? Uh, but that's not what the elected officials on Unifor wanted to do. And so we didn't confer historic 
And, it's, and it sounds like and it was a big meeting. I thought it went pretty well from what I heard. Everybody was pretty civil. It was, I mean, there was some, I know Todd Satterthwaite, the former Banner sure. mayor, was part of the group that was wanting to preserve it. To, it sounded like it was a good community discussion. It was, and and that's the nature of a local unit of government and a local democracy. It was, a, you know, a healthy meeting where people, not everybody was going to be pleased. All right, back to the phones. Uh, I think Ray is with us. Ray, you had another question? Yes. Uh, my brother was killed uh, this year, and uh, we're dealing with uh, a no-will situation. And uh, I was I got online there, and uh, through probate there, I saw where basically the estate was charged $338 for uh, a one-sentence uh, letter that gave me that made me administer uh, of the estate, and I was wondering how can they charge that kind of money for something like that, and is there any recourse? Well, uh, I'm sorry to hear about the loss of your brother. I uh, this is an area of the law I know very little about. But I think what you may be referring to is a court cost that maybe bears, in your mind, bears very little relationship to uh, the opening up of an estate, but is set by state and local law that imposes court costs on cases to help fund the operations of county government, frankly. I, uh, I called the uh, uh, circuit clerk and I asked them, you know, what is this? And she apologized to me and said, well, that's just what we charge. And I said, how do you set these these fees? And she said, uh, it was the county. And I kept thinking to myself, it's like, so you're, you're thinking that that's actually a, a court situation. There, there wasn't a court situation, but it was just a, you know, filing fee, basically. Sure. And what has happened over the last 20 or 30 years is uh, counties have uh, hated to raise taxes because uh, citizens take umbrage at their taxes being raised. But there seems to be a disconnect. If we just uh, collect this money from court costs, from people who have committed uh, crimes or uh, speeding tickets or filed for divorce or filed a small claims case, we can fund the the operation of government and there no one will complain as loudly so uh, county administrators administrators go to the state government in Springfield and say authorize us to do this and the legislature says okay a county can charge up to fifty dollars for this or up to twenty five dollars for this and many counties just rapidly impose the maximum possible court cost so you have a laundry list of court costs that go with cases that sometimes look to the outsider like it bears very little relationship to um, their actual court case. And I'm guessing that that's what you are talking about is a, uh, a county-imposed filing fee for opening up an estate that was authorized by the state legislature in Springfield, authorized by the Champaign County Board, and now it becomes a court cost. All right. uh, and yeah, I understand that. Uh, and and you talked about people, you know, being arrested and and paying fines and things like that. 
And nowadays, uh, if someone gets, you know, and this is part of the budget, uh, nowadays these people don't even have to pay any of those fees because uh, the only thing they get on their record is an unsatisfactory uh, probation uh, uh, situation. And uh, because the state's attorney will not prosecute these people, that money is never collected. I mean, uh, that's not I, I, I would say that's not necessarily true. Yeah. There's a, a law firm in Chicago called Harris and Harris that uh, sure. does collections sure. uh, collection, work. Yeah. Collection hey, hey, Ray, I'm up against the clock, but thanks for calling. OK, OK, thank appreciate you. appreciate it. And appreciate Tom Bruno being with us here this morning. We got a routine day ahead. So my pleasure. Yeah. Back yeah. to the salt mine. I, it's a routine day. <laughs> All right, we'll have you on again soon. Thank you very much. Yep, I appreciate it. it. As yep. always, Tom Bruno with us here, our local attorney, of course, Urban- uh, Champaign City Councilman, based in Urbana for his uh, job. And we'll come back with more Penny for Your Thoughts open line on WDWS Champaign-Urbana. It's the second hour of A Penny for Your Thoughts with Brian Barnhart on News Talk 1400 WDWS. You can reach out to us on the phone at 217 217- Three five six nine three nine seven. Email talk at wdws.com or text on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line 217-351-5357. Here again, Brian Barnhart. And good morning once again. 41 degrees here in downtown Champaign. Penny for your thoughts. Brian Barnhart with you this morning. Glad you're with us on a Penny for your thoughts. We had Tom Bruno in the first hour. Always great to visit with Tom and uh, get his insight on a lot of different topics. We talked quite a bit about the nursing home and the Brent Christensen case. Those are two of the bigger local stories our news room and news department's been covering here, both with uh, WDWS and the News Gazette. Hope you're following along online as well, of course, news-gazette.com, wdws.com. Places to check out all the uh, breaking and local news throughout the day. Got an open line here in hour number two. Coming up tomorrow morning, we'll have an open line at nine. And then uh, the folks that do the Into the Woods production, the Sounds of Music uh, studio, will be uh, with us here for a few minutes in the 10 o'clock hour. Friday morning at nine, Michael Leroy from the University of Illinois, kind of a labor relations and uh, immigration uh, expert. From the University of Illinois, he'll join us in the first hour and then an open line in hour number two to close out the week. Of course, Saturday Sports Talk and all the uh, game action coming up uh, in the days ahead. We'll have a Monday morning quarterback show for you from Lincoln, Nebraska, and uh, may have a guest for the uh, from the Harlem Globetrotters in studio Monday as well. Lauren Tate will be in studio with us for Monday morning quarterbacks coming up on Monday. So what's on your mind now here on an open line? Interesting day in Washington, D.C. yesterday with the meeting that went on between President Trump and some lawmakers on uh, DACA and uh, immigration and border security. So all of that was happening yesterday in Washington. Also news from North and South Korea. Don't know if you saw this story that uh, the North Koreans and the South Koreans are talking again here just ahead of the Olympic Games. The South Korean president saying his U.S. counterpart Donald Trump deserves big credit for talks between South and North Korea. That news from the BBC today. Some of the things that happened at yesterday's talks uh, involving North and South Korea. North Korea will send athletes, supporters, Taekwondo demonstration team, and journalists to the Winter Olympics in South Korea to start in less than a month. 
South Korea proposed that athletes from both Koreas march together at the opening ceremony, as they did back in the 2006 Winter Olympics. The South pushed for the reunion of family members separated by the Korean War. That's a very emotional issue in that country. To take place during the uh, Lunar New Year holiday, which falls in the middle of the Games. The South also proposed resuming negotiations over military issues in the North's uh, nuclear program. And the South said it would consider temporarily lifting relevant sanctions in coordination with the U.N. to facilitate the North's precipitation in the Olympics. Some of that uh, news from Korea yesterday, North and South. We're at 10.15 here, an open line this hour, 356-9397. You can text us on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line, 351-5357. Former White House strategist Steve Bannon's remarks, critical of the president's administration, appear to be costing him. The conservative Breitbart News Network announced yesterday that Bannon is stepping down as chair. He's also losing his daily show on the conservative talk station on satellite radio Sirius XM. Of course, Bannon's remarks in the uh, book uh, Fire and Fury Inside the Trump White House include insults about the president's family and his views on his role in the president's political movement and presidential victory. The president, uh, Trump, lashed out at Bannon, calling him Sloppy Steve and declaring that his former strategist had, quote, lost his mind. Bannon sought to make amends in a statement on Sunday, but a White House spokesman said it didn't change his standing with the president. So all of that's happening in Washington, D.C., as far as uh, events here locally, we mentioned the nursing home. We mentioned the situation with Brent Christensen. Uh, Jim Dye with an interesting article today in the News Gazette about townships and the amount of local governments we have in the state of Illinois and some of the redundancy there that occurs in this state, I think, more than any others. And Tom Kasich also with a great piece today about uh, Chad Hayes, who's retiring from the uh, House over in Springfield. He had some uh, pretty interesting comments uh, last night as well. So you can check all that out in the News Gazette. This uh, day in history today, January the 10th, 1776, Thomas Paine anonymously published his influential pamphlet, Common Sense, which argued for American independence from British rule. We could all use some more common sense, shouldn't we? This day in 1870, John Rockefeller incorporated Standard Oil. Became a pretty big company before they split it off in several different ways. 1920, the League of Nations established as the Treaty of Versailles went into effect. And this was the day in 1967, President Lyndon Johnson, in his State of the Union address, asked Congress to impose a surcharge on both corporate and individual income taxes to help pay for the Great Society programs as well as the war in Vietnam. And uh, this day in 2000, America Online announced it was buying Time Warner for $162 billion. The merger, which proved disastrous, ended in December of 2009. And to hear locally a couple of interesting things, 100 years ago today, the new Emmanuel Episcopal Memorial Church, under construction at the site of the old church at University Avenue and State Street in Champaign, to be ready for construct, uh, consecration around Easter, the church was a gift from a Dr. John, Dr. and Mrs. John L. Polk as a memorial to their three sons. It was estimated the cost of the church, including the rectory, was about $47,000. And it was this day in 1968 that the Save Allerton Park Committee announced the public was invited to hike through the Pyatt County Park with Associate Supreme Court Justice William Douglas on January 20th. Douglas planned to lend his support to save the wooded areas in the 
University of Illinois-owned park. We are at 1018 here on Penny for Your Thoughts. Glad you're with us today, and uh, just invite your phone calls, 356-9397. Email us, talk at wdws.com. Text us, 3515357. Happy birthday today, by the way, to Lou Henson, 86 today. So happy birthday to Coach Lou Henson. We'll come back with more Penny for Your Thoughts after this on DWS. It's a Twin City showdown on Friday night for high school basketball as the Central Maroons visit the Urbana Tigers. Join us for an early start 6.30 on Friday night right here on Newstalk 1400. Well, that should be a good one. Just had uh, what Centennial and Central play last weekend. Lots of good rivalries here locally. 356-9397 is how you can join us on the phone this morning. We do have some emails and text here. Email. Uh, here comes in. It says, President. this is from Bill, President Obama said publicly he was an emperor and couldn't just change the law for dreamers. He then changed it knowing what he did was unconstitutional. Now a judge says reversing an unconstitutional, unconstitutional executive order would violate the Constitution. Where did this judge get his law degree? Online? That is from Bill. And from RJ says, just before I left the car for a doctor appointment, I heard Mr. Bruno state they entered the country improperly. Is that the same as entering the country illegally? There was a couple of emails that came in. I think we had one yesterday, a text that came in at the very end of the show, says, can you explain why investing $1.5 trillion into an economy that could grow $10 trillion or more would be a, a bad idea? That was a discussion we were having about the uh, tax law, the new tax law, the tax changes that took effect. By the way, we're going to visit with an expert at the end of the month. I want to be listening, I think it's on January 30th, I've lined up uh, Dan Holder to talk about a lot of the uh, changes in the uh, tax laws and how those will affect you as you start to work on your taxes. For those of you that uh, like to get an early start on those taxes and all the changes, we'll visit with him at the end of the month, so that hopefully that'll be helpful. And somebody else asked about Bitcoin, which I know very little about. Uh, so if anybody wants to help us out with that, feel free to uh, do that this morning. They were asking my opinion on Bitcoin and, the, I guess, the digital currency. So anyway, that's a couple of things that came in at the end of yesterday. 356-9397. You can text us, Castle Heating and Cooling, text line 3515357. Email us, talk at wdws.com. Yesterday was pretty interesting. Because you had a meeting with the President and several members of Congress, Senate and House, that were there. And uh, this goes on for about two and a half minutes. I, uh, the whole thing went 50 minutes. They normally don't allow the press to hang around that long. But uh, you had uh, Chuck Grassley was in there. You're going to hear. You're going to hear Senator Dick Durbin from Illinois, Steny Hoyer uh, from the House, and President Trump on the whole uh, immigration discussion. Could very well be brought up the about legalizing people here that didn't break the law because their parents who broke the law brought them here and we ought to be talking about what we can do for the people that had no fault of their own and get the job done and not worry about a lot of other things that we're we're involved in and that means that we got to make sure that we tell the american people when we're taking this step that we're doing something that all the people agree to you know mr president uh, let me just say i think Dick and I agree with what Chuck Grassley just said. It's hard uh, to believe. When was the last time that happened, Chuck? We need to take care of these DACA kids, and, and we all agree on that. 86% of the American public agrees on that. With all due respect, Bob and uh, Mike uh, and Lindsay, uh, there are some things that you're proposing that are going to be very controversial and will be an impediment 
to agreement. But you're going to negotiate those things. You're going to sit down. You're going to say, listen, we can't agree here. We, we'll give you half of that. We're going to, you're going to negotiate Mr. those President, things. Comprehensive means comprehensive. No, we're not talking about comprehensive. No, 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 now no. we're talking about no, we are. We are talking about comprehensive. Because if you want many, to go there, it's okay, because you're not that Mr. far away. Mr. President, many of the things that are mentioned ought to be a part of the negotiations regarding comprehensive immigration well, reform. Then, if you want to and take it a step further, you may, I'm going to have to rely on you, I think we should you may the complicate it, and you may delay DACA somewhat. I don't want to do that. You, you know, said at the outset we need to phase this. I think the first phase is with Chuck and Steny and I have mentioned others as well. We have a deadline looming and a lot of lives hanging. We can agree on some very fundamental and important things together on border security, on chain, uh, on the future of diversity visas. Comprehensive, though, I worked on it for six with Michael Bennett and uh, a number of Bob Menendez uh, and Schumer and McCain and Jeff Flake, and it took us six months to put it together. We don't have six months for the DACA. We're not talking about comprehensive. Yeah. Take a look at our bill in this yeah. Well, you mentioned a number of factors that are going to be controversial, as Steny has mentioned. But you're going to negotiate. Dick, you're going to negotiate. And maybe we'll agree and maybe we won't. I mean, you know, it's possible we're not going to agree with you, and it's possible we are, but there should be no reason for us not to get this done. And, Chuck, I will say, when this group comes back, hopefully with an agreement, this group and others from the Senate, from the House, comes back with an agreement, I'm signing it. I mean, I will be signing it. I'm not going to say, oh, gee, I want this or I want that. I'll be signing it, because I have a lot of confidence in the people in this room that you're going to come out with something. It's just interesting to me because normally, again, as uh, Tom Bruno mentioned, uh, they do the kind of the, what they call the photo ops where they just everybody smiles and nods their head and talks about the weather, and then they take the press out, and then they get down and talk about these issues. And yesterday, I think they let the reporters in, the cameras. It ran for 50 minutes. I just gave you a two-and-a-half-minute segment of it. I, I just find that interesting, kind of the back and forth. And, and maybe they were playing to the cameras. You know, I suppose you could be, but I, I just – I just like the give and take there. I just found that fascinating, and it doesn't happen. It's a rare peek behind the curtain, if you will. Now, as part of that, a U.S. judge in San Francisco today temporarily barred the president's administration from ending a program shielding young people, and there will be a uh, appeal of that. So that just happened yesterday after all of what happened there that you just heard. So anyway, let's go back to the phones here at 1028. And good morning, Dave. How are you? Hey, good, Brian. I, uh, yeah, that, that clip you played was great. I, I watched the whole thing last night and thought it was amazing. And, you, you know, a, a lot of what Trump has done since he's been elected has really been pulling back the curtain on the great Oz and really showing people. I mean, never before have we had a, a president that's shown his inner thoughts about every issue uh, different hours throughout the day, you know, with Twitter. Uh, you, you get these inside looks into things that you never get with with uh, the president, and let alone seeing all these different senators and congressmen together at the. And the great thing was he had Dick Durbin sitting right next to him. Right, mm -hmm. Durbin was just on the morning program two hours before that, right, talking with with Liz and, and Jim and uh, I. It, it was Liz and Dave. Sorry, and mm -hmm. it was it was great. It's like now, now he was just talking to our our folks here in town, and now he's sitting right next to the president of the United States. That had to feel pretty good for for Elizabeth and and Dave to have that. But uh, the, the main thing I wanted to say real quick, uh, aside from that, was the county board last night. I thought your phone would be ringing off the hook today about that decision. Mm -hmm. uh, I think it's a great decision by the board. They, um, you, you know, I was going to say this last night. I was at the meeting, but I I didn't want to take up any more of their time because I knew they had a long one ahead of them. Was 
basically that the RFP, they should all vote for it. If, if they care about the patients uh, and, and the future of the patients, which is what it should all be about, um, they should vote yes for the RFP because then they could go back to their constituents and, and back to the party and say, look, we put it out there. This is the sale. The people that are against the sale of the nursing home could say, look, we put it out there. Nobody wants it. So they, they, ha- they would have more information to make a, a, an informed decision on whether or not to sale by releasing an RFP as opposed to not. And it was good to see some, some folks cross the quote-unquote party line to, to vote for the RFP. Um, but it's a good thing for the patients. Now, it seems that people that voted against the RFP have intentions other than caring about the patients. Um, and, and they're, but, but that's another, that's another issue. And it's, but it's all about the patients. Now they have somewhat more of a certainty to their future before, before it, without the sale of the nursing home, it's solely left to the County to run it. You see the deficit it's created. It wasn't sustainable. There would be no option if, if you weren't able to release an RFP, at least there's now uh, an option. Uh, a so. plan, some sort of plan, yeah. Right. In place, yeah, and we'll see where it goes from there. It's interesting just the different votes that have taken place. You know, I don't know, what, I forget what it was, 13 to 8 this time Yeah. with one absent. Uh, it's been closer before. It's been flipped the other way, you know, in their right. um, in their committee meetings and so forth. It's been interesting how it's gone back and forth, but I think they're kind of up against reality, right? I mean, there's no money. That's, that's what seems to be happening now is you had Welch, in there uh, all last year giving presentations on the budget. Now you've got Farney in there bringing these same numbers, and I don't know how these numbers don't sink in with people. If they're there, you know, one of their duties is to is to be fiscally responsible with the taxpayer's dollar. It's, it's in their, their mission statement of, of the board. How they can look at those numbers and not see the trend and where it's going and, uh, and not make a dif- different decision. I mean, their decisions affect your direct neighbor. Uh, this isn't like Washington D.C., where you can see and and you know come back to your your district every once in a while. This is you live in this town. You make decisions that affect your neighbors. How you can't see those numbers and, and not and not vote uh, to to do whatever you can to make this this county financially secure. I I don't know, but it seems that some people are coming around to yeah. that. All right. Hey, thanks for the call, Dave. Thanks, Brian. Yep, good to have you on. 1032, need to get to the news with Michael Kaiser on DWS. Back on Penny for your thoughts on this Wednesday. Illini women's basketball coming up tonight. Illini men tomorrow night against Iowa. Had some games last night. Purdue won a close one at Michigan. Indiana over Penn State. Penn State just could never quite get over the hump. Nebraska took down Wisconsin in Big Ten play last night. We've had Tom Bruno on with us in the first hour. A lot of good discussion with him on a variety of local issues, including the nursing home and the Brent Christensen case. We've got uh, a couple of texts in from Bill, or at least one in from Bill, says Bitcoin is money that isn't currency that you can't spend because it doesn't exist and it's very expensive. So, yeah, I, I know a little bit about it like that, but I don't know much beyond that. But I know it comes up a lot. Let's go to uh, our next caller. Anna Wall is with us this morning. Hi, Anna Wall. Hello. I thought I was just going to get sit back and relax and listen to my favorite station until I picked up the News Gazette Uh-oh. and read this article by Sally Carter. 
and what she plans to say at the Martin Luther King celebration. I, I was part of that movement. I went to Selma. I respected Rosa Parks. I met Jesse Jackson for the first time, and I marched with Martin Luther King. So I hope I wish that the Afro Americans today would take the initiative that people like Malcolm X and people who differed in points of view took, however, to facilitate our progress that we have accomplished today. I'm suggesting that the teachers should take the opportunity in the classroom, especially those that are advanced enough to understand it, I mean the students, to the students, and uh, it, tell them about Martin Luther King, Malcolm X, and the and uh, Rosa Parks, and the various people who have made it possible for us to enjoy the things that we enjoy today. And that's why I'm calling and to thank the News Gazette and WDWS for providing me the opportunity to re to reactivate my cerebrum, cerebellum, <laughs> medulla oblongata, and whatever that <laughs> stuff was they told me at U of I. Yep, yep. It, it, <laughs> that's what I, that's all I have to say. All right, thanks, Anawal. Good work. Oh, I appreciate it. Thank you, Anawal. I will. 356-9397. Text us. Castle Heating and Cooling text line 351-5357. We're at 45 degrees now. Finally got rid of a lot of the fog in downtown Champaign anyway. I can see the city building now. We're at 1040. Let's go back to the phones. And who's your Bob? How are you? I'm good, Brian. How are you, sir? I'm doing well. The reason I'm calling is uh, somebody mentioned Bitcoin. Yeah. Uh, my son and I... Uh, delved into this three years ago. He brought a machine to the house, what we call a miner, and plugged it into the wall. And I've told many people this story. At about 3 o'clock, I told the wife, I'm going to check that thing. And the wall was red hot. So I called and I said, what are you trying to do with your folks? Well, anyway, long story short, he bought four or five of them over here, and we were mining away. And since that time, we've got about 800 machines mining. We just opened up a new facility in uh, Muhammad doing mining we've been very fortunate when we started bitcoin was about 180 dollars a piece and of course it's risen up a lot of misinformation about it if they want to read about it uh, my son has created a, a website uh, we're not trying to sell anything because we have nothing to sell the few people who ventured into this uh, with us uh that was it that's all the stock we had and uh it's tishner crypto solutions and my son rob has uh, developed all this, you know, hmm. stuff uh, relative to the uh, thing. I think he was on a Saturday morning talk show about two or three years ago. It was okay. right when he got started into this. So this is a di it's, it's a digital currency, right? Is right. A, it's yeah. all built on a thing called the blockchain. So he's uh, really, <laughs> he goes and talks to people. Think he has an uh, Optimus Club or somebody's invited him this uh, month hmm. to come and talk to him about Bitcoin. He has a lot of information, and quite frankly, I'll be honest, some of it goes right over the top of the old man's head. <laughs> Just, what? Okay. It goes over the top <laughs> of my head. Yeah. yeah, well, 
years ago when I was in business, my brother was the president of our company, and his son came to me here at our store in Champaign and said, Dad just sent me an email. I, what? What is an email? He said, Bob, you're not with it. I said, evidently not. <laughs> so he's saying from what you saw in the Internet and what you see today is going to happen with Bitcoin. Nobody understood the uh, Internet. Now you can send photos, uh, you can send movies, and so forth. Yeah. So One last thought. Yeah. Sometimes I hear Illinois people complaining about their basketball team. In a non-biased opinion, a Hoosier through and through, this is going to be a very, very good basketball team. Now, the reason I say that is, I remember years ago I told Ed this, that I wrote Matt Penner a letter when their team was not very good at one point, saying you're going to have a really good team because they're fun to watch, and I think two years later they won it. So I'm saying to you, down the road, I think this Illinois team is going to be exceptional in a lot of different ways. That's that's a Hoosier's opinion. Well, that's good. I, I like that coming from that side of the uh, that side of the border. So that's They're good to hear. They're fun to watch. Yeah, they I, are fun. To I, watch. I think they will be. And I think a team. Yeah, I think they got some strokers. They got some guys who can play the game. And it, let's face it, a lot of times people get it is a game. And well, it I think is. They play the game quite well. Yeah, played by kids that are about the age of my daughters. <laughs> so, there you go. Uh, like I said, if they want to check out that uh, Tishner Crypto Solutions, there's a lot of information there about what Bitcoin is, what it does, and so yeah. forth. And, when, and, and, real, was, and real quick, Bob, you said you were mining. I mean, how do you do that? Is that on the computer, I guess? Well, it's basically a computer that mm-hmm. is uh, trying to figure out different mathematical equations to come up with a Bitcoin. And the, the, whole, the whole blockchain is a bunch of people making sure the transaction between you and me is legitimate. There's no in between is peer-to-peer. I send it to you, you get it, and all these people are miners are making sure that, hey, this is a legitimate transaction, and for our good services, we earn a Bitcoin for doing this, making sure that the whole thing stays honest and true. Like I said, it's really deep. He knows how to explain it better than anybody I've ever mm-hmm. heard, and he makes it some funny. People say, I still don't know what you're talking about. Other people say, oh, I think I'm beginning to get it, and I go back to my first reference about the Internet and how Somebody brought me something and said, Dad sent me an email. I had no idea what they were talking about. <laughs> I had right. no idea. All right, sir. Thanks, Bob. Bye. Appreciate it. Appreciate the call. There you go. Did that help? I helped a little, I think, there. Let's go to uh, James. Good morning, James. Hey, how you guys doing this morning? What's up? Well, in response to anybody and everybody, when I was a little kid, we had these things called dial phones, you know, you know, you know ring. And if you didn't have a cell phone, of course, they weren't invented back then. Uh, you could put a dime in this thing, and then you had to, you know, <laughs> dot thing, and then, you know, make your phone call for some emergency. Yeah, but you had to hurry or they'd ask for another dime. Oh, yeah, and then uh, when I was in eighth grade in the algebra club, you got a calculator, your belt, they got confiscated. Yeah. Well, those are those we are the old on, those are the old days, James. We do it on paper. Happy New Year, everybody! Hey, all right, thanks. Good time to go to a break. Ten forty-five here on DWS. We're on Penny for your thoughts. Didn't you hate that when you were at a payphone and they, please deposit another quarter? No, I'm not done yet. Anyway, those days are gone. Are there any payphones left in town? You have to look hard and long and hard to find one, I think. All right, back with more Penny for your thoughts in a moment.
Now let's talk finances, shall we? The folks from Busey, one of our sponsors here on the Penny for Your Thoughts. Finances, get this, are the top cause of stress for 38% of baby boomers, 46% of Generation X, and 51% of millennials, according to Price Waterhouse Coopers. Baby boomers, born from 1946 to 64, concerned about retirement and health care. Generation Xers, those are the ones born from the mid-60s to the early 80s. Running out of money, they're worried about it now and in retirement. Millennials, born between the mid-1980s and early 2000s, be my daughters, uh, concerned about meeting current expenses. The experts at Busey encourage all generations to get back to the financial basics and budget. Busey with a wealth of financial resources to help you get back on track. From financial calculators and podcasts to insights from their experts, visit the Resource Center on Busey.com. You give them a call, 1-800-67-BUSEY. Or visit any of Busey's convenient locations today. Hard not to bump into a location around town. They're everywhere. Hey, how big do you think a baby giraffe is? Well, a female baby giraffe born at the Peoria Zoo weighed 122 pounds, measured 5 feet 10 inches tall. Peoria Journal-Star reports the giraffe Vivian gave birth at 2.38 a.m. on Sunday. The uh, zoo director there says mom and baby are doing well but need time to heal and grow before being ready for visitors. She says that would be within uh, two to four weeks. The zoo plans on sharing pictures and a live video feed online of the mother and baby. Giraffes have a long gestational period. They say it was about 465 days. The newborn giraffe doesn't have a name yet, so that's out of Peoria. And uh, Meghan Markle, of course, going to marry uh, Prince Harry. The um, Suits alum has upended her entire life to marry Prince Harry, giving up her Audi, leaving the show, and moving to England. As of yesterday, she'd erased her social media presence. Soon-to-be Duchess officially deleted her Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter profiles. It's unclear if she decided to delete them or it's just a dictate of royal protocol. I would guess it's a dictate of royal protocol. All right, 356-9397 is how you can reach us on the phone lines today. We had Tom Bruno in the first hour. We've visited with him on a lot of different things. Brent Christensen case, the vote on the RFP for the nursing home. That was a big topic in the first hour. Also today, happy birthday to Coach Lou Henson. Tomorrow morning, we'll have an open line at 9. We'll have folks from the Sound of Music studio into the woods. Give you a little bit of sample of that at 10 a.m. for just a few minutes. Then an open line the rest of the way after that. Michael Leroy will talk immigration with us. He's from the U of I. That'll be in hour number one on Friday. Open line to close out the week. Monday morning quarterbacks come your way from Lincoln, Nebraska on Monday. And that's what lies ahead here on Penny for Your Thoughts. At the end of the month, we're going to talk about taxes. Dan Holder is going to join us near the end of the month. Got some other guests along the way. Of course, a lot of open phone lines and emails and texts to take. We're at 1052 here on DWS. And back to the phones. Bill joins us this morning. Good morning, Bill. Yes, good morning. I want to congratulate. I, was, I ought to call you Jim, but I won't. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. In all seriousness, congratulations on getting the job of in doing this. Uh, I very much enjoy this uh, program, and uh, you had a real common sense uh, person on as a guest this morning. I, I don't know him personally, but just by listening to him talk, he sure plates a lot of common sense along with his formal education, seemed to me like. Mm-hmm. 
that's the impression I get of a lot of the folks that you, you know, guys interview. Well, like uh, take Judge Sykes, Sykesman. I've always right. said I got in trouble. I would very much abide by whatever he, his decision might be. And if I had a, a kick in the pants coming, he'd give me one. But if I had a pat on the back, he'd give me one too. I'm sure. I, I think you're right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. These most of these people get up in the morning, look in the mirror, and they don't see what they can mess up. They get up and try to be productive. Yep. They and sure do. I just wanted to uh, congratulate you on your new job, and and uh, I'll call in from time to time. I've only got one real hot button, and that's when they start taking talking about taking my little firearms away from me because I I like to shoot clay targets. Oh. Okay. Well. Clay fish. It, Other than it, that, but. That's about the only time you'll hear from me as a general <laughs> rule. But anyway, again, congratulations. Well, thank you, Bill. I appreciate hearing from you today. You bet. You All have right. a nice day. Yep, be safe out there. And we're at 1053. By the way, some other um, folks mentioned, you know, of course, there's a lot of talk about Oprah running for president. Some of the other names, people are just, and again, just they're just throwing them out there. Okay, Mark Cuban. And somebody mentioned, what about Caitlyn Jenner? Uh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson, he first mentioned that a couple of years ago. Kanye West, uh, the rapper said at the uh, MTV Video Music Awards in 2015 he'd run for president in 2020, though he never said if he was serious or not. (laughs) And Tim Tebow, why not? Let's just throw them all in there. All right, we'll come back with more Penny for Your Thoughts. 1054 here on DWS. 3569397 is our usual number. Just write that number down somewhere and save it. Give us a call anytime during a penny for your thoughts uh, as we're on each day, Monday through Friday, 9 to 11. 3515357 on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line and email us. Got a lot of those over the course of the time I've hosted the show, both as a, the fill in host and now as the regular host. Uh, email is uh, talk at wdws.com. Just a little odds and ends here to close out the show. We appreciate Tom Bruno being with us on the first hour. We'll have uh, Michael Leroy on with us from the U of I on Friday in the 9 o'clock hour, so uh, be listening for that. A lot of immigration talk. We'll get into some of the uh, nuts and bolts of that and how it affects maybe people locally and businesses and so forth. And then uh, 9 a.m. tomorrow, an open line, Sounds and Music Studio, Into the Woods. We'll sample that uh, show for you a little bit tomorrow in the 10 o'clock hour, open line after 10.30 tomorrow Chicago Bears you heard this yesterday selecting a head coach as they fired John Fox they hired Matt Nagy he was the Kansas City Chiefs offensive coordinator conveniently the Chiefs got eliminated the other day so that made the hire a lot quicker for the Bears Uh, if you notice uh, Villanova is now the new number one Michigan State's loss over the weekend in college basketball Villanova West Virginia Virginia Michigan State and Wichita State the top five where Purdue is in there as well then Duke, Texas Tech, Oklahoma, and Xavier. And as far as the viewership of the national title football game, 28.4 million viewers. That's the second most in the four-year format. They don't have a large sample size, but it's the second most in the four-year-old format of the college football playoff. And uh, Vice President Mike Pence and Karen Pence will lead the U.S. delegation to the 2018 Winter Olympics in South Korea. They're scheduled for February 9th through the 25th. And CBS News, their Face the Nation host, John Dickerson, is Charlie Rose's replacement on the CBS This Morning program. He'll join Gail King and Nora O'Donnell on that show. 
Well, that's some of what's happening today. Again, thanks to all the callers and emails and texters here today, and again to Tom Bruno for being with us in the first hour. Rush Limbaugh show coming up after CBS News at 11 o'clock. My thanks to Ed Bond for his help today. Thank you for being with us on Penny for Your Thoughts. Always great to visit with you every day here on A Penny for Your Thoughts on News Talk 1400 WDWS Champaign-Urbana. It's 11 o'clock.